We are also recording this for our podcast. So if you go to Podbean, I'll put a, a link later on. And on that podcast, um, the audio is being recorded and it could be uh, gathered anytime. Anytime. All right. So I think I am on and recording. Very good. So that's that. And last piece here. So it's like a self-production situation. So be patient with me. All right. Very good. All right. So before we get started this evening, we're going to have a word of prayer and ask God's Holy Spirit to be our teacher and our guide. And as we do that, we know that God's going to bless our our efforts together. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you so much for your grace and mercy. We thank you, Father, for not giving us what we deserve, but giving us what your dear son does deserve. And as we're about to open our Bibles, we ask for wisdom that is beyond our years. We ask for clarity of thought and feeling that reflects your own. And Lord, may these simple principles that are shared this evening be such that will empower us to live holy and godly lives in this wicked and present in this wicked and evil world. We thank you for answering our prayers and and doing for us above whatever we can ask or think. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So those of you who are watching through Zoom right now, you are receiving the benefit. You're going to be able to see the uh, PowerPoint and the slides and things like that. Those of you who are watching strictly through Facebook, um, I'm going to suggest that uh, you use uh, direct message me at some point before the webinar is over with your email address. And I will actually send everyone uh, the lesson guide for tonight and also the PDF on how to study the Bible um, poster that I created. And so if you're watching via um, Facebook, the regular Facebook without Zoom, then you need to, to do that. So tonight is the beginning of many nights. Um, I've been praying and asking God, how can I be more effective and more efficient in his work? And one of the things that he impressed me with was Andre use the tools that are available in the most simplistic way while they are still available. So right now there's Facebook Live, there's all these podcasts, there's all these different ways to broadcast the message. And it would be helpful, my friends, if you know someone that would be benefited by listening or studying with us, please invite them. We're going to be doing this at least five days a week, um, studying via the Internet. And I'm going to be dealing with different topics tonight before I even get into how to study the prophecies or or anything like that i want to deal with the principles of how to study the bible because if we can understand how to study the bible then it will protect us from any extreme positions and every wind of doctrine that is blowing today that will lead us in a direction away from god so we want to do our best in our the practical application of principles in order to study the scriptures now i'm not going to be talking about greek and hebrew per se I'm going to be dealing with some very basic things that many people overlook when studying the Bible. But if you do these things, then Greek and Hebrew and English and Spanish and whatever other language you speak will be made more clear because the Holy Spirit is the effectual teacher of truth. He is the effectual teacher of truth. 
I am not the effectual teacher of truth. The Holy Spirit is the effectual teacher of truth. And as we are submissive to him, then he will guide our thoughts and feelings to better understand his word and make proper applications, especially in these last days. So with that in mind, We're still friends. Um, just next time, you can register through Zoom and go through the Zoom platform and see my slides directly yourselves. All right. So I'm here. I believe I'm sharing my screen. Move this off here. If you can see my screen, just uh, those of you who are in the chat area in the Zoom, just say yes or just do something so I can know that you're seeing this. I want to start with the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter two. If you have your Bibles open to Proverbs chapter two, Proverbs chapter two. All right, good, good, good. Proverbs chapter two and verse number six. Proverbs two and verse six. And again, the intent of our study is not to entertain. Um, you can go do that somewhere else. <laughs> the in intent of our study is to understand and to grow closer to Christ, especially in these closing scenes of our history. Uh, we need to come back to the fundamentals. We try to get so ex elaborate and, and no, let's get back to the fundamentals and we'll see that God has a message for us in these last days. So Proverbs chapter two, verse six says, for the Lord giveth wisdom. Now, who gives wisdom, my friends? The Lord. For the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Now, with that principle in mind, my friends, this approach to Scripture, uh, opening our Bible, studying the Word of God, is not going to be uh, because we have great intellectual prowess that we're able to dissect the Scriptures. What's going to happen is we're going to have to be uh, people of faith who are leaning upon God to give us what he wants us to have. Does that make sense? In other words, I'm not dependent upon myself to get a, an understanding of what the word of God says. My faith, even in studying the scriptures, has to be upon the one who owns all wisdom and who is the author and finisher of all that is in this book. Okay, keep that in mind. For the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. This most basic fundamental idea will protect us from running this way and that way, and we will learn to trust God as we are studying his word. The next, the next point I want to go to, I want to make sure you, you are following me here. And I, I want this to resonate in your minds. And we can find the principle of this. In fact, before be, before I read what's on the screen, those of you who are on the, the webinar, and those who are watching Facebook, before I read that, I want you to go with me to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms. And I wanna go to Psalms chapter 33. Psalms chapter 33, and we're looking at verse number six. Psalms 33 and verse six. Please note these words because we're dealing with how to study the Bible. And my friends, we cannot study the Bible with our own intellect. 
We must submit to a higher power. So Psalm 33 verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. By what, my friends? By the word of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. So think about this. We're talking about the word of God. We're talking about God speaking and things coming into existence. He says, let there be light and boom, there's there's light. He says, let there be fish in the sea and there's fish in the sea. He commands it and it's done. He speaks it and it materializes. God cannot lie. He is. It's impossible for him to lie. He has to be careful about what he says. Do you understand? Because when he speaks, it's done. So by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. And then it says in verse number, I believe it's, but by the blessed word, blessed by the word of his mouth. And then it says in verse number, I want to say, for he spake, verse nine, verse nine, for he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. So remember now we're talking about how to study the Bible and we're talking about how to study the word. The first thing you have to do when you're talking about studying the Bible and studying the word, you got to know what you're dealing with. In other words, if I told you that this, I'm going to take this right here. If I told you that this right here was a nuclear bomb and or let's just use something that everyone's dealing with right now. Let's just say this was contained the coronavirus, right? Let's just say it had the virus and you pick this up without any protective gear. You just grab it and you're like, oh, I'm just going to. Do you know you're probably going to be infected, right? Or if this was a nuclear weapon, you would have to have the proper gear on in order to handle it properly. When we're talking about the Bible, we're talking about nuclear power here. You can't just handle this. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, you can't just pick this up and be like, okay, now we're going to treat this like it's uh, Shakespeare or some other, some other Greek mytholo mythological book. It's, this is the word of God. This is creative power in its finest, my friend. So now let me read to you this quotation with the background of the text that I just shared with you in Psalms 33, verse 6 and verse 9. It says this. The creative energy that called the worlds into existence is in the word of God. Now, my friends, did you get that or did you miss it? <laughs> the creative energy that called the worlds into existence, that called the worlds into existence is in the word of God. Then it says, this word imparts power, it begets life. Every command is a promise, accepted by the will, received into the soul. It brings with it the life of the infinite one. It transforms the nature and recreates the soul in the image of God. So let me just pause for a second. Those of you who can see the screen, you, you can get it more. You can look at it and you can meditate it on, on it more. Those of you who are watching just on Facebook, you may not get it as much. So I'm going to emphasize what is you know, permeating in my mind. This right here, I, I, I have a little picture on one of the posters that I made one time. And in that picture, the guy is holding the Bible, right? And as he's holding the Bible, there's like this electricity that's kind of flowing through the, through the, through the word of God. And it's like going up his arms, like power. 
you know how they, you, you, if you, if you see what I'm saying there, when I pick up this Bible, this is not an interaction between a piece of literature and my brain. When I pick up this Bible, this is an interaction between the most high God and me. Are you following what I'm saying? Like this is an interaction between the Holy One and the nothingness of what I am. The creative energy that's in the word that spoke the worlds into existence is in this book. Now, with that same thought, the passage goes on to say, this word imparts power. It begets life. So when I'm studying the Bible, yeah, I know the truth about the Sabbath. I know the truth about the state of the dead. I know the truth about the sanctuary. I know the truth about the second coming. But it's not about the intellectual ascent to information. It's about the fellowship with the Most High. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Because if you have that type of relationship with the Most High and you're in fellowship with him, then you'll begin to see, you'll begin to see scripture in a way that you have not seen it before. It will become alive. It will bring life into you. It will no longer be an intellectual ascent to information or intellectual ascent to a, an argument or, or, or a debate. It will be an interaction and a, a, and a fellowship with the Most High. It goes on to say it brings with it the life of the infinite one. It transforms the nature and recreates the soul in the image of God. Now, don't you want that type of experience? When you open your Bible, when you begin to study, don't you want that interaction with the Most High? Do you see, my friends, where I'm trying to move us away from intellectual ascent? Because many of us who have an intellectual ascent to information will leave God altogether. Many of us who have this intellectual ascent to ideas will leave God because it's not the idea that will keep us, my friend. It is the fellowship with the Most High that will keep us. And if we keep our minds in that place where we in fellowship, when I open the Bible and I'm in communion with the Most High, then my study life will be energetic and it will be full and it will be transformative. It will not simply be, I'm doing my duty. I must do my five minute devotion before I go to work or I know I, my friend. It won't be anything like that. It won't, it won't be anything like that. It will be sweet fellowship. In fact, Again, this is all a preface because I haven't even got to, the, the, to the, 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 the steps of how to study the Bible yet, but I'm dealing with a mindset of entering in, entering into Bible study, entering into fellowship. I'm not entering into a discourse with a dead letter. This book is alive. This is a live letter with the Most High. Let's go a little bit further. Dealing with mindset. It says, the life thus imparted is in like manner sustained. What do you mean? In other words, as I read the word of God and as it is the food to my soul, that is how I come alive. But I can't just stay alive by reading it one time. I now enter into fellowship and every day I must eat the word. Every day I must enter into communion because if I don't do it, my friends, I care not what intellectual ascent you have. You will be deceived. You'll be tricked. You'll fall into your sins. You'll probably figure, well, how come I'm doing this again? I said I would never do this again. The reason why we're falling into it, my friends, is because we have broken our fellowship. So as the life is imparted, so it is sustained by every word that proceeds 
out of the mouth of God, man shall live. That's taken from the book of Matthew, right? Jesus, when he's dealing with the enemy. So my friends, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, I'm processing with you right now. How many of us have, uh, have approached scripture simply as an intellectual dialogue between you and your brain and an argument? Like somebody challenges you on something. You're like, oh, I can prove to them that such and such is true. Uh, an apologetic, right? We, we approach scripture from an apologetic position versus a fellowship with the most high position. When we change our approach, it will change our experience. Now, this is taken from the book Education, page 126. Paragraph four, I'm reading paragraph four, paragraph five, paragraph six, for those of you who know what that book is. Those of you who don't know what that book is, feel free to reach out to me. I'll be happy to get you uh, a link somewhere to the copy of the book. However, let me keep reading because, again, we're dealing with mindset. Before I get to the steps of how to study, I'm going to deal with the mindset of how we approach scripture itself. It is power. I can't just hold this glibly. In fact, my friends, you know, before I, I was talking to a... Um, a Muslim friend of mine, and the very devout. I respect them and, and their process of how they think and how they go about their business. However, they, before they touched their book, they would wash their hands. You know, just wash their hands, just to show reverence and respect for what they're about to, you know, delve into. And I thought to myself, you know, not that we have to wash our hands per se, but spiritually speaking, you know, take the shoe the shoes off our feet as we approach holiness and reverence that as we enter into fellowship with the most high does that make does that does that make sense my friends like we can't just approach scripture glibly when we know what is about to happen fellowship is about to happen let's go a little bit further i want to keep reading this and it, it's another it's another principle that i want to make sure it just delves into it just a little bit deeper same book paragraph six says the mind the soul is built up by that upon which it feeds. Stop. I want you to think for a second. Throughout this day, like as you're going throughout this day, what have you been thinking about? I know for me, when I turn off the, the news feeds or the television programs or anything like that, I don't even think about a coronavirus. It doesn't even come, it doesn't even come to my mind. Do you know what people are doing right now? They are spending their time focusing and watching the news as these people talk about this thing that is going to make them sick and everybody's scared and everything's being bought up. And, and, and listen, nothing wrong with preparation, nothing wrong with taking care of yourself, nothing wrong with knowing what's going on. However, my friends, if your full diet is consuming what this world is feeding you, then of course you're going to be afraid. If your diet, my friends, is your is your concern for your bills or your concerns for your your struggles in life, and that's your diet, that's what you think about. Of course, you're going to be without peace. Of course, things are going to be crazy for you. But my friends, if your focus and if your thoughts are upon those things which are heavenly, then you will have peace in the midst of the storm. And you see, Christians are supposed to develop this type of mindset and this type of mentality, especially as we're entering into the final crisis, my friends. So as the world is losing its mind, we find greater peace and greater rest in Jesus. But we're, we're focused on the events versus the one who's in control of the events. Did anybody hear what I just said? <laughs> like we're focused on the events. 
instead of the God who's in charge of the events. Therefore, we're feeding ourselves things that will not give us rest, that will not give us power, that will not give us victory over sin because we're so concerned for these things. So I want you to think about it. The mind, the soul is built up by that upon which it feeds. And it rests with us to determine upon what it shall be fed. It is within the power of everyone to choose the topics that shall occupy the thoughts and shape the character. Do you see it, my friends? No one's forcing you to watch television. No one's forcing you to watch the news. No one's forcing you to focus on your problems. No one's forcing you to do that. You have a right to choose. You have the ability of yourself by the power of God to watch and behold that which is pure, that which is clean, that which is beautiful. And my friends, you're going to see in a moment that if we approach scripture properly, we're about to enter into the greatest experience with the most high that we've ever had. It says of every human being privileged with access to the scriptures, God says, I have written to him the great things of my law. Call upon me, God says, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I want you to think for a moment right there. What I just read to you is a promise. That is not something that I made up. God himself says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now you can read that in Hosea chapter 8, verse 12, Jeremiah 33, verse 3. These passages are letting you know that God has an intent in his fellowship and is an, or an intent with his communication and his fellowship with you. Well, let's take it a little bit further. We're de- again, we're still dealing with mindset with mindset. And I see that somebody has a question. Just save your question, write it down until the end. And when we have opportunity, we may be able to address the question. All right. So it says with the word of God in his hands, every human being, wherever his lot in life may be cast, may have such companionship as he shall choose. Now, what what is this companionship? Watch. In its pages, speaking about scripture, Talking about companionship. In its pages, he may hold converse with the noblest and best of the human race. He may listen to the voice of the eternal as he speaks with men. <laughs> wait, wait. Did you guys get that? So as I'm reading, you see Moses or, 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 or and he's in the mountain. Moses is talking to God and God is talking to Moses. Understand, that's not a fictional story. That's a real story. That's God in fellowship, and in communion with his people. This is special. And so as we get to eavesdrop on God, we begin to see the heart of God in his interaction with humanity. Number three, as he studies and meditates upon the things to which the angels desire to look, he may have their companionship. So even right now, my friends, as we're about to delve into the word, we haven't delved in yet completely. But as we study the word of God, do you realize that angels come by our side? And in fact, it's interesting. I love this because in many places, there's people are not having church, right? So churches are closed. Do you know that you can have the fellowship of angels even when the church doors are closed? 
as you are in fellowship with God, as you as you're in communion with him through his word, praying and talking to the most high angels come by your side to study. It says he may follow the steps of the heavenly teacher. Listen to his words as when he taught on mountain and plain and sea. Notice he may dwell in this world. He may, speaking of the studier of the scripture, he may dwell in this world in the atmosphere of heaven. Mercy, my friends. Especially in these crazy times. Don't you want to be in the atmosphere of heaven? The atmosphere of peace. The atmosphere of tranquility, even in the midst of the chaos that's all around, that happens, my friends, as we are studying and in fellowship with the Most High. Number seven, imparting to earth sorrowing and tempted ones thoughts of hope and longings for holiness. This happens as we are in fellowship with God, himself coming closer and still closer into fellowship with the unseen. This is our privilege. Now, last part of this, again, this is from the book Education, 127, paragraph one. You got to hear this part, my friends. I, when I first read this, it, 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 what's the word I can say? It motivated me to want to study the Bible and spend more time with God, right? So watch this, watch this. So the last thing it says, himself coming closer and still closer into fellowship with the unseen. Like him of old who walked with God, drawing nearer and nearer the threshold of the eternal world until the portal shall open and he shall enter there. He will find himself no stranger. Now, look, <laughs> do you understand what it just said? This just said that as we are in fellowship with the Most High via the study of his word, the more and more we do this, it's as if we're coming closer and closer to the portals of heaven. So when we reach heaven, when we enter into heaven itself, we will be like, I've been there before. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. When one approaches scripture properly and when they're studying it properly in fellowship and communion with the most high, as they are doing this, they are actually being lifted into heavenly places. So when we get into heavenly places, literally will be like, this is not strange to me. I've been here before. Somebody says, I want to go to heaven. You can have heaven here on earth, my friends, if you study the Bible properly. I hope you're getting it. Notice what else it says, last part. The voices that will greet him are the voices of the holy ones who unseen were on earth his companions. Voices that here he learned to distinguish and to love. He who through the word of God has lived in fellowship with heaven will find himself at home in heaven's companionship. Did you get it, my friends? I hope you got it. This is from the book Education 127, paragraph one. It's as if, my friends, as we're studying scripture and as we're in sweet communion with the most high, when we enter into the portals of heaven, we will hear voices that we had heard while we were on earth, familiar voices. You ever been somewhere <laughs> and um, you, you're not comfortable, but you're not comfortable because you just never been there. You don't know anybody there. They're not, you don't know any friends, nobody hung out with, but I travel a lot. So I travel quite a bit now and, or have been, 
And in the past, when I've traveled and I've come to places I don't really recognize or know the places, and then after a time I get to know people there, I'm fine. But there are some places, like my friend out there in Oklahoma, Brother Micah, I just saw him jump on. Like when, he, when I went to Oklahoma, I've been talking to Micah for a couple of days, man. Like we're boys, we're family. So when I went to Oklahoma and I saw him, I had heard his voice many times before. But when I went to that strange place, because my, my guy was there, I was okay. And so it is in the study of scripture with the right heart, with the right mind, with the right spirit. When we open the Bible, heaven comes near to us to teach and instruct us in regards to his word. And when we are studying, you will hear a voice behind you say, this is the way. Walk ye in it. True story. I was, I was on my way to Botswana, Africa. And I had spent a month just putting together this series called The Glorious Holy Mountain. I was, I was digging deep, right? And I was going with a, a, a mentor of mine, at, um, Brother Moses Mason, who's a mentor of mine and my friend Jeremiah. And I didn't want to look like a fool. So I said, you know what? I'm going to dig deep, man. I'm going to get ready for this trip. And so I started studying, 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 studying. And in one month, I actually made a manual about this thing. It was crazy. I just about this thing. I was studying. God was speaking to my mind. It was absolutely amazing. And then I saw something that, that I, I, I didn't never experience before. So I was in Botswana. I was in my, my room, had my own room, and I was sleeping because we're having this jet lag. I'm sleeping, and I heard a voice. Now, again, I'm not into all hearing voices and stuff, but this is a true story. So I, I heard a voice, and it called my name, and it said, Andre. And I woke up, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe uh, my friends are calling me, time to wake up, go eat. I look up, and nobody's there. I'm like, no, no one's in the room. I'm like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> so I, I said, I'm going to go back to sleep. But I couldn't go back to sleep. And it was about three o'clock in the morning. I just start studying, 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 studying. And as I'm studying, and friends, I tell you the truth, as I'm studying, what begins to happen is God begins to speak to my mind. And I began to see things in scripture I never saw before. And I was like, well, that's weird. Okay. Next night, same thing. Somebody says, Andre, woke up, three o'clock in the morning, doo -doo 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 -doo, and I'm studying, 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 and it's just becoming more clear. Everything is becoming more clear. Things are popping out to me that I've never seen before. And I'm saying to myself, now, what is happening? I had already prepared a manual, but that wasn't enough. God wanted to take my mind and move it into a place where it was me and him. And in that sweet fellowship, my friends, he gave me something special for me. And I'm saying to you, my friends, it's the same for you. God doesn't want you dependent upon me or any other Bible teacher or preacher or, or anyone else. He wants you for himself. I'm not going to say he's selfish, but I am going to say he's jealous because that's what the Bible says. He's jealous for you. He's jealous for your time. He's jealous for his sweet intimacy with his own creation. He's jealous for you, my friends. So when you open the Bible, this is not an exercise to prove a point. This is an exercise of fellowship with him. I hope you're following. I hope you're following. Okay. Uh, again, mindset, the mindset, the way we enter in to this study is imperative. It's powerful. It's necessary. Now, I want to go to a different place. Um, interesting. I want to start with just dealing with some very practical ways 
of study. I'm gonna use a I'm gonna use a word, some play on words. Those of you who can see my screen, you can see it. Those of you who can't see the screen, you just kind of follow along for a moment. When we're talking about Bible study, we're talking about a systematic way of studying. I'm gonna give you some practical things that you need to do. And there are 11 steps, and I only think I'm, I said 11, I put up nine fingers, right? <laughs> there are 11 steps to properly studying the Bible. Um, and there are many more, actually. I'm, I only, I'm only going over 11. There's actually way more things you can do to study the Bible uh, properly. But I, I, I put this idea of systematic study. Another way of saying systematic is methodical. Another way of saying study is learning. Or another way of saying systematic is orderly or regular or organized or efficient. Another way of saying study is revision, training, cramming, reading. So I can say systematic learning, methodical study, orderly cramming, efficient revision. You know, you're you're taking the time to meditate and think on what you're doing and you're doing it on a regular basis in a systematic way. And we're going to talk about how to properly do that. Right. You need to be able to do that for yourself not dependent upon me or anyone else, but you need to be able to do it for yourself. Yes, someone asked about a handout. So handouts will be sent after, after the meetings are over, all right? So you want to have a systematic way of studying the Bible. And there are all sorts of great ideas people have out there. I'm just going to give you what has worked for me. Uh, and the main thing that's worked for me is the first thing I told you, which is approach scripture as if you're entering into fellowship with the Most High. And God will begin to speak to you and have fellowship with you as you go along. All right. First, num number one, number one, appreciate the teachings of God's word. It is imperative that as you enter into scripture study that you have to appreciate it. And I'm going to give you a couple of verses. Watch what they say here. If you have your Bible, go to Job, Job chapter 23 and verse 12. Job Job 23 in verse 12. Notice what the Bible says. And again, we're talking about how should I approach scripture? This is the first step. Step number one, Job 23, verse 12. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You guys see that? Now, how many times do you eat per day? I mean, don't you don't have to confess online. Don't type anything. Just think about it. <laughs> Some of us eat twice a day. Some of us eat three times a day. Some of us eat more than that. Okay? But we eat and we make sure we, in fact, our day oftentimes is structured around the times that we eat. And so here the Bible says, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Now, some of us, my friends, don't do that. Some of us would rather eat than study the Bible. Mercy. But if we approach the scripture properly, if we look at scripture the way it's supposed to be looked at, then this word is going to be more important to me than my favorite, favorite food. Do you guys know what my favorite food is? I have, I have a, a several favorite foods. Uh, but I won't tell you about them right now, but I have several. I, I like to eat. You got to pray for a brother, you know, temperance and all things. Amen. <laughs> but we have to appreciate the word of God. If we don't appreciate it, we cannot receive the blessing that God intends to give us in his word. I'm going to show you a biblical example of that. 
Go to Jeremiah, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Go to Jeremiah chapter 36. And you'll notice that we're studying how to study the Bible from the Bible, okay? And I'm going to give you some other things you can use too, but I'm just sharing these verses with you here. Jeremiah 36, verses 1 through 5. I want you to pay attention, and then we're going to jump to verse 25. Jeremiah 36, verses 1 through 5 says, And it came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord. So who did the word come from? It came from the Lord. So the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take thee a roll of a book, and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel, and against Judah, and against all the nations from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah, even unto this day. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Now watch this. Then Jeremiah called Baruch, the son of Neriah, and Baruch wrote, the, wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord. So whose words are these? These are the words of the Lord. Who's writing them? Baruch is. Who's speaking them? Jeremiah is. So watch. And then it says all the words of the Lord, which he spoke unto him upon the roll of a book. Verse 5. And Jeremiah commanded Baruch, saying, I am shut up. I cannot go into the house of the Lord. So let's back up for a moment. Just assess what we just read. Uh, Jeremiah, the prophet, receives a word from the Lord. He's supposed to now take that word. He's speaking it now again to Baruch. Baruch takes the word that Jeremiah speaks, and he writes it down on a scroll. Now, keep that in mind as we read the next part. Now, Jeremiah is speaking a word against Israel because Israel has been in or against Judah because Judah has been in rebellion. OK, it has been in rebellion. So watch what happens when this role is found and these words are spoken and they are. This is let's just read it. And verse number I'm going to start at verse number 23. There's a whole story here. We're not going into the story. I just want to bring up the principle. Verse 23 says, and it came to pass that when Jehudai had read three or four leaves, he cut it with the penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the earth. Yet they were not afraid nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. Nevertheless, Elnathan and Deliah and Gamariah had made intercession to the king that he would not burn the roll, but he would not hear them. Wait, let me ask you a question. Here's the king and his, his cronies burning the word of God, putting it in the fire and destroying it. Did they receive any benefit from God's word? No. In fact, this behavior shows a disdain for the scriptures. My friends, you and I cannot receive the benefit of the scriptures if we approach it with disdain. You and I cannot receive the benefits of the scripture if we're not willing to follow what the scriptures say. I am not talking about the technicality of the Greek word and the Hebrew word. That is not what's going to help us have understanding. 
What is going to help us have understanding is the willingness to receive the word when it is given to us. Does that make sense? You see, the first approach is I need to appreciate the word of God. God gave me this word. I may not like it. <laughs> it may not make me feel good. It may not make me want to be like, okay, I want to surf. It's too straight. No, it came from God. I will cherish this word. Father, teach me how to appreciate your word, how to hold your word, how to have it in my person, in my being. Because if we don't do that, my friends, and we're like these men and burn the book, they didn't do nothing to the word of God. The word of God, the God, if you read later on, they rewrite the same message. The message is still the same. You can burn the book. You can say she's not a prophet. You can do whatever you want. It's still the same. The truth is still the truth, whether you like it or not. And I'm saying that in a way to say, I'm not saying to be disrespectful or to be rude to you, or I'm saying it to say, let's not be foolish. When God takes his time to communicate a message to us via the inspired book, we can't put it aside. We can't say it doesn't make me feel good. You can't say that's somebody's opinion. You have to go back and say, Father, help me appreciate what you've put here. By doing this, we gain strength. When we don't do this, my friends, we fall into trouble. We fall into trouble. Let me go to, to point. I'm going to read this to you. This is, again, um, again, saying the same thing. But, yeah, let me just read it to you. Those of you who are watching on Facebook, um, if you have not registered to the webinar, um, you want to have to direct message me your email address, and I will send you the handout that I'm presenting here. And so just... Keep that in mind. I'll send you the handout and the PDF. Well, I want to read this to you. It says the Bible contains all the principles that men need to understand in order to be fitted either for this life or for the life to come. And these principles may be understood by all. No one with a spirit to appreciate its teaching can read a single passage from the Bible without gaining from it some helpful thought. No one with a spirit to appreciate its teaching can read a single passage from the Bible without gaining from it some helpful thought. Hmm. Well, maybe then I should take the Bible more reverently and more seriously, if I'm reading passages that I don't understand. You follow? Like there are literally places where people skip because they're like, I don't understand that. And they just skip it. <laughs> right, right? I'm just skipping. <laughs> Why skip it? Because we don't appreciate it. We, think, we don't think it's worth our time and our energy. But my friend, no one with the spirit to appreciate its teaching can read a single passage from the Bible without gaining from it some helpful thought. That is a promise. And again, I'll share with you where that's found in a few minutes. Point number two, we're only going to go through five points tonight because time is going to leave me and there are other, other things that you have to do. So point number two, research diligently. That's the second point. The first point was appreciate the teachings. Second point is research diligently. Second Timothy chapter two, go to second Timothy chapter two, second Timothy chapter two. And we're looking at verse 15 and 16. Second Timothy chapter two, verses 15 and 16. Notice what the Bible says. Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. The Bible says, study 
to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Then it says this, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. All right. So let's back up to verse number 15. That word study comes from a, a Greek word that I don't speak Greek. In fact, I'm going to show you what I use to look up Greek words and things like that. I, I want to learn it. I mean, at some point, I'll probably discipline myself to, to, to dig deep and learn it and whatever. But at this point, here's, here's the point. The, the 2 Timothy 2.15 says study. That word study means, means to dig deep. That means don't go surface. That means don't, don't be like, I've, I've had this happen before where somebody picks up the scripture and I happen to do this from time to time when I'm speaking, but somebody picks up the Bible and they go, study the short of self-approves of God, working that need not be ashamed, right? to do that and read the truth. Okay, when you read like that, my friends, you're not gonna get it. You have to masticate your food. Digestion begins in the mouth, right? You gotta chew and chew and let the enzymes begin to digest before you start letting it go down your throat, right? So when I read, and I'm doing this privately, personally, personal Bible study time, study to show thyself approved. Think, study, study. You follow what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just reading it. I'm reading, I'm pausing, I'm thinking, I'm processing, because if I don't process it, I might miss it. And if I miss it, I miss a blessing. And if I miss a blessing, I'm going to be mad at myself. You feel me? <laughs> so I don't want to be mad at myself. I don't want to be missing any blessings. Heaven has every intent to bless me when I read his book. Heaven has he every intent to fellowship with me as I'm reading and studying his book. You follow what I'm saying? So study. That means to dig deep. That means don't be a surface reader when you are reading and studying. That means if they, if you find a word, look it up in the, like I said, you can have these, all these different resources where you can look up different words and the history of where it came from and the, 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 the community where it was used. And there are so many ways to be diligent, my friends. In fact, let me show you something else. I want to go to the book of Acts, the book of Acts, book of Acts. And this is what you guys, I'm hoping that those of you who continue in this walk with me as we continue to study and to pray and prepare for our coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I pray that we all become diligent Bible students. Acts chapter 17 and verse 11, it says this, and the brethren, it says, it says this in verse 11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Why? Why were they more noble? What, what made them more noble? In that they received the word with all readiness of mind. That means they were alert. They were willing to receive it. They appreciated the teachings, right? They received the word with all readiness of mind. And then it says, and search the scriptures only on the weekend. Wait, no, that's not what it says. That's not what it says, right, guys? It says, and they search the scriptures daily. Search the scriptures daily. That means they were digging, they were searching, they were looking at passages. They did this daily. They didn't skip a day. They didn't say, well, yesterday was good enough for me. I'm busy today. I'm not going to. No, my friends, they did it daily. 
Why did they do it daily? Because they knew that their soul salvation depended upon it. They were more noble than Thessalonica. Now, if you read back, Thessalonica was good because Thessalonica received the word. When it was preached, they received it. They took it in. They were like, yes, this is the truth. Paul is preaching the truth. However, more noble because they said, we're going to do this and we're going to look at it daily. We're going to go back and see whether or not it's true. I'm not going to trust the preacher. I'm not going to. I need to go for myself. For myself. So point number one, appreciate the teachings of the word of God. Point number two, research diligently. Diligently. Another comment that goes along with this, it says, but the most valuable teaching of the Bible is not to be gained by occasional or disconnected study. What does that mean? Occasional. Okay, today I feel like reading my Bible, and then four days later I'm going to read my Bible again. No, 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 no. Every day, set aside a time where you're up and you're studying. For me, I tell you how my 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 ritual goes. I get two hours in in the morning, and I get at least two hours in before I go to bed. I got I got to get my time in. I, I mean, I wake up at four thirty, four thirty to six thirty. Go exercise, whatever, whatnot. But I got to get my time in. And when you do this, my friends, you block out everything. Block out everything. Don't, don't have your phone on. Don't go to Facebook. Don't. It's you and God. You and God. No, my wife and my daughter, they, you know, they're sleeping most of the time at that time. It's me and God. And now, am I telling you you have to spend two hours in the morning, two hours at night? No. I'm saying you need to be consistent. You need to put in time consistently. You need to block it out. And this is all I'm doing for this time frame. And as you do that, God will begin to unearth to you special mm -hmm. truths that you and him alone understand. You and him alone, he speaks to you in a way that it fits who you are. Mm -hmm. Now, it's interesting. It's interesting to note that even though he speaks to you individually, it doesn't mean the truth is individual. Does that make sense? Because it's the same God, that truth that he's speaking to us individually will unite us as a body. It will unite God's people as a unit. And, and, and I want to finish this quote. It says, it's great system of truth. Notice the idea of system. It's great system of truth is not so presented as to be discerned by the hasty or careless reader. So again, backing up, I, I approach scripture. I, I have to show appreciation, reverence, respect, my mindset. I'm entering into the presence of the Most High. He is about to commune with me, I with him. Angels are about to come by my side as I'm about to open the scripture. This is fellowship. And there takes discipline, and it takes order, and it takes system, and I need to take time to do it. This is not only for preachers. I hope you got that. I, you know, you pause for effect, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's not only for preachers. This is for brothers and sisters in Christ who want fellowship with the Most High. Systematic Bible study. You need to know what you believe, why you believe it. And especially in this time, you need and I need to be anchored so that the waves and crush the, the troubles of this life do not move us from Jesus. Because I know right now they're definitely trying. Fear is gripping the minds of many. If they only knew what the Bible taught in regards to what is happening today. But they don't. So we're afraid. We're afraid. But we must be consistent. We must set aside time to study and to pray. Point number three. Point number three. 
And it goes back to 2 Timothy 2, 15 and 16. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman. What is a workman? <laughs> a workman, man. Like when I think of a workman, I think of somebody that's like a construction worker, somebody that's digging, digging in the garden, somebody that's putting in effort and energy. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, exert continuous effort. Continuous effort. So point number one, appreciate the teachings. Appreciate the teachings. Point number two, research diligently. Point number three, exert effort. You will have to strain your brain sometimes. And saying that, I, I, I'm not even dealing with health right now, but listen, on the real, if you're really wanting to understand scripture, cleaning up your diet is going to be one of the best things you could do. Exercise, bringing the oxygen into your body, it's going to be one of the best things you can do because God communicates to us through our brains, right? We're going to be able to have to exert effort. It takes energy. When you haven't worked out in a while, you know, you go, I haven't played basketball eight years, nine years, you go play basketball then you're going to die on that court. Your lungs haven't built capacity. You don't have the energy. You have to build capacity. Continuous, continuous effort. Now, everything that I read to you, all the quotations I read to you are found from the book Education, page 123, paragraph 2. Speaking again about Bible study. Many of its treasures lie far beneath the surface. And can be obtained only. Now, whenever I read the word only, my friends, that means only. There's no other thing but only. It's only is only. Many of his treasures lie far beneath the surface and can be obtained only by diligent research and continuous effort. The truths that go to make up the great whole must be searched out and gathered up here a little and there a little. Again, book education, page 123, paragraph two. So again, we're laying out these principles of how to study. Number one, appreciate the teachings. Number two, research diligently. Number three, exert continuous effort. Put the work in. Set aside time to do it. Don't be lazy. We're lazy Christians. We want everything microwave. We got to go and we got to dig for ourselves. We must anchor for ourselves, my friends. Anchor for ourselves. And if we anchor for ourselves, we'll help others anchor as well. So research diligently. Point number four, compare scripture with scripture. Go to Isaiah 28, verse 10. Isaiah 28, in verse number 10. Isaiah 28, in verse 10. It says, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, Line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. The basic premise is this. Some people argue whether or not this is legit or not, but let me just say this. The basic idea is this. You are to take the principles of God's word and you pair them with other principles of God's word. You take the parable. One parable unlocks another parable. One teaching unlocks another teaching. That's why it is something that we're, we're in this system, there's a connection of truth that goes throughout all the scripture because everything builds on something else. It's funny. One time I was studying, and some of you have heard the sermon I preach on Samson, 
And the first time I went through and studied the, the story of Samson, I had no idea, no clue that it had a connection with Revelation chapter 13. Like it was no, it wasn't even in my mind. But then when you go through and you begin to study, you begin to see, oh, there's a connection between Samson and Revelation 13. Oh, I never saw that before. Everything connects with something else. Every parable unlocks another parable. Notice this. Um, again, reading from another book called Christian Education, page 85, paragraph one. Again, I'm sharing principles with you because when we begin to actually study uh, in great depth going into the next couple of months, because I'm just, I've committed myself to studying with you guys. So if you are committed to studying and you want to go deeper, I'm going to be here with you, with you as a family to do that. All right. But there's a, it says in Christian Education, uh, Christian Education, 85, paragraph one. The Bible is its own expositor. What does that mean, expositor? That means the Bible explains itself. One passage will prove to be a key that will unlock other passages. And in this way, light will be shed upon the hidden meaning of the word. By comparing different texts, treating on the same subject, viewing their bearing on every side, the true meaning of the scriptures will be made evident. In other words, you don't have to guess, right? So if I take one scripture and I compare it with another scripture and I compare it with another scripture, and then I compare it with another scripture, and then this scripture doesn't fit these other scriptures, then I have to say, wait, wait, what, what happened? Why is it saying that? Then I have to make an adjustment, right? The scripture explains itself. I don't have to guess at anything. One of the things, and I'm going to, this is, this is on the point. One of the things that we have a problem with as a people, I'm speaking of Christendom at large, especially those of us who like prophecy. Everything that happens in the world, we say it is the end. Like it's the end, like, like tomorrow, like it's going to be in tomorrow. My friends, that is not the purpose of prophecy. And in fact, when I deal with it in greater detail, you will understand why I'm saying this. The purpose of prophecy is to, for us to have a faith relationship with Jesus. It is not to scare you into doing the right thing because a Sunday law is going to be passed or because of hellfire or any other punishment that will come because you're not being obedient. No, prophecy is there to help you say, oh, it came true. Ah, Jesus can be trusted. Jesus can be trusted with me. Why is that important? Because I am a sinner. I am in need of Jesus, right? I am in need of, a, of someone to take me and save me from myself, my weak, unchristlike self. And if he said such and such would happen and it came true, that means I can trust him to save me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is this, it is this my friends, that has caused many to be excited because there's a coronavirus. And then the next day when the virus disappears, their love and enthusiasm disappears too because they were moving by fear and not by love. Scripture explains scripture and the purpose of scripture is to see Jesus. I want you to get it in your mind. I want you to make it clear. I'm not saying end time events don't exist. No, I'm saying they are in their proper place when we have Jesus as the one that's in charge of all end time events. Fellowship with the Most High, my friends. This is the purpose. Prophecy. Again, education, page 189, paragraph four says, in daily study. Notice it says daily study. 
The Bereans broke bread daily. They studied daily in daily study. Don't skip days. I'm telling you, don't skip days. And I'm saying it not because you don't get to heaven if you do skip days. I'm saying it because for your strength and for your vital um, spiritual vitality, you don't want to skip days. You don't want to skip days. You want to have that time. You and Jesus, you don't know what's going to happen in your day. You can't afford to skip days. So in daily study, the verse by verse method is often most helpful. Is often most helpful. Let the student take one verse. How many verses? One verse. And concentrate the mind on ascertaining the thought that God has put into that verse for him or her. And then dwell upon the thought until it becomes his or her own. So you take your word of God. And I, I, I'll read one here. There's one that I love so much. My little sister, I don't know if she remembers this, but my little sister, one day we were canvassing in Canada. That was so long ago, super long ago. And she told me her favorite verse and she brought it to me. And it's Jeremiah 29, 11. Watch this. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. That's Jeremiah 29, verse 11, right? For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. So I, you take the verse and you meditate upon the verse. Now, uh, initially, this passage is talking about Israel and them being in captivity. But I take the principle of the verse and God's deep care for me. And I think about it and I meditate on it and I think about it. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Why is that an important thought for me? Because, listen, I've made mistakes in my life. I don't know if you've made any mistakes, but I've made mistakes. And presently, I live with some mistakes that I make. And sometimes I think my mistakes are going to crush me out. Sometimes the enemy comes and whispers in my ear and says, Andre, see, you're no good, man. You don't need to be in ministry. You got too many mistakes, too many things going wrong. And then the verse comes to my mind. Well, God's thoughts towards me are peace and not evil. He's going to give me an expected end. He's not going to, he's not seeking to destroy me. He's not seeking to wipe me out. That is not God's intent, his thoughts towards me. You see the idea, my friends? I think and I meditate upon the verse until it becomes my own thought. Then it says one passage, thus study, until its significance is clear, is of more value than the perusal of many chapters with no definite purpose in view and no positive instruction gained. You guys get that? Did you get it? I hope you're getting it. The verse by verse method. Take your time. It does not require you to be a deep scholar to do what I just said. Take one passage. Seek upon the passage until it's yours, until you own it, until it becomes your thought. You and God sharing this thought back and forth, back and forth, until it is resonating. God's thoughts, your thoughts, your thoughts, his thoughts. My friends, this mind be in you <laughs> that was also in Christ Jesus. You can't have that mind if you're not spending time thinking and meditating on his mind. Are you following what I'm saying, my friends? So don't just read the Bible. Okay, I read the Bible through. I've read it through 27 times. 
Okay, so now what? You read it through 27 times. What does that do for you? You read it, you meditate on it. You read it, you think about it. You read it, you compare verse to verse. You take your time. There's no rush. There's whole, pa- there's whole sections in the Bible. I, I was studying one passage of scripture for about eight years, and I didn't have the answer. Like, literally, like, I didn't know what it meant. And one day while I was in the garden, it came to me. Boom! And it was like, ding! I didn't make that answer come to me. It was in fellowship with the Most High, being patient, waiting for him to reveal it, that it came. It is not just an intellectual process when you study the Bible. It is fellowship. Communion. Fellowship. Point number five, and this is the last point for the night, and let everybody go. We have six more to go. We'll do that on another time. Point number five, pray for understanding and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Pray for understanding and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, or chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 16. And my friends, what I'm sharing with you may seem so simple, because it is. I'm not trying to be deep. I'm not trying to be profound. I'm trying to give you what has helped me in my spiritual walk, in my Christian walk. I'm trying to give you what has helped me understand the Bible. It's simple things, my friends. You don't always need wild moments. What we need is a sturdy, firm anchor right now. Point number five, pray for understanding and the gift of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter two, verses 10 through 16. First Corinthians two, verses 10 through 16. The Bible says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep deep things of God. So who searches all things? The Spirit. Then it says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So how do we know the things that are freely given to us of God? By his spirit. You can't understand the things of God without his spirit. It says going forward, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You follow that, my friends? The natural man cannot understand the spiritual things of God. Just can't. Because it is impossible for man to understand the mind of God. God must bring his mind down to us. He gives us his Holy Spirit so that our minds then can begin to understand what his word is saying. When we lack understanding, we need more of his spirit. Are you following, my friends? It says, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who have known the mind of God, 
that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. You follow? So the mind of Christ is given by his Holy Spirit. I cannot read through the Bible and understand what he's trying to say. I can't do it. I, I can't just go through and get it. I have to humbly come before him, beg of him, ask of him for the gift of the Holy Spirit to understand the spiritual things of God. Go with me, Daniel 9, Daniel 9. Another beautiful illustration of the same concept, Daniel 9. Watch this, my friends. That's why, that's why my friends, literally, if one comes, and I'm saying it in a different way, if one comes to the scripture in the spirit of pride or in the spirit of arrogance, there is no way in the world that that person can truly interpret the scripture the way it's supposed to be interpreted. That's for me. That's for any other preacher. It doesn't, you know, there's this thing, you know, if you've been preaching for a while and teaching for a while, there's a subtle and maybe this may not be for other people. I'm just going to be transparent with you. There's this subtle thing where you'd be like, you know what? I know already. I got this. Like if somebody starts talking about the Sabbath, you'd be like, I know about the Sabbath. Yeah, tell me about the Sabbath. What are you telling me about the Sabbath for? That mindset will hinder you from receiving the blessing that will come with the revelation of the truth of the Sabbath, even as it's spoken again. Do you know, my friends, the more I study the truth of the Sabbath or any other biblical truth, the more is revealed to my mind, the more that I become anchored in his word. So Daniel 9, watch what it says. And in fact, let's just read into verse, verse, start at verse two. It says, in the first year of his, of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. So here is Daniel, a prophet who studied the books of Jeremiah, and you'll read later, he's studying the book of Moses, and he sees that God is right in judging his people, but he has a problem. Watch. Verse 3. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. Watch verse five. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened to thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings and our princes, our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Stop. This always fascinates me. It just might be a side issue, but let me. Daniel, in all of scripture, there is no sin recorded for the person of day. Here, Daniel equates himself. He says, we have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. We have rebelled. We have departed from his judgments. We, we, we. He never separates himself from the sins of the people. And this is why it concerns me, my friends, and, I, I, and I'm not speaking of any ministry in particular. I know not what comes to your mind, but I know that if ministries are saying this church is in apostasy and that's in apostasy and this is in apostasy, but they now say we are in apostasy. 
We need help. <laughs> we need to turn back to God. We are not as consecrated as we need to be. In fact, I'll even take it away from we. I am not as consecrated as I should be. This mentality, this mindset puts us in a position where God can now work a wonderful miracle in our lives because now we recognize our condition. And in recognizing our condition, now he can do a work in us. But if we say we're good and we're not really good, then he can't do anything for us because we don't think we need a physician. But here, Daniel, a prophet, the prophet himself prays. And as he prays, understanding is given to him. Now, I want to read this and we're going to end on this. Watch this now. As he's praying, he's praying all this prayer. The Bible says in verse number, as he's coming to the end of his prayer, verse 20. And there's so much there. We can go back and study it another time. Verse 20 says this. Watch this. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me. Now watch what he says. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. Did you get this? At the beginning of thy supplication, the commandment of, of thy supplications, the commandment came forth and I came and I am now come to show thee for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, Understand the matter and consider the vision. Now, this moved me when I first read it, and I'm going to share with you why. Before God begins to explain prophecy to Daniel, God confirms to Daniel his great love for him. You guys get that? In other words, you are greatly beloved, Daniel. Now, let's talk about the prophecy. Many of us want to talk about the prophecy and don't understand the great love that God has for us. That's why I'm emphasizing from the beginning. It's about fellowship, communion. It's not just about reading this book and just getting information and debating and winning apologetic. It's about fellowship. Daniel's praying. He's fasting. And even a prophet prays for understanding. And my friends, we don't pray like we should. And God says, you are greatly beloved. I love you. Now let's talk about the prophecy. <laughs> I find it to be so fascinating and so powerful. Final quotes, and then I will... Jump off the screen here. The Bible should never be studied. The Bible should never be studied without prayer. The Bible should never be studied without prayer. Even if you're opening it to share a verse with a friend, never should you open the Bible and read it without prayer. The Bible should never be studied without prayer. The Holy Spirit alone, alone can cause us to feel the importance of those things easy to be understood or prevent us from resting truths difficult of comprehension. It is the office of holy angels to prepare the heart so to comprehend God's word that we shall be charmed with its beauty, admonished by its warnings, or animated and strengthened by its promises. 
we should make the psalmist petition our own. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. That's taken from the book Counselors to Sabbath School Workers, page 38, paragraph 2. My friends, can you, can you see it? Do you get it? Do you understand it? Don't ever study the Bible without prayer. Don't, don't ever open the word of God without asking for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Angels come and they prepare our minds for understanding. Listen, even as I talk to you, I am fully aware that it cannot be me alone that communicates the reality of these truths that need to go to the heart of the matter. I can't do it by myself. Only Jesus. Only he can do this through the work of the Holy Spirit in my, in my experience. So that's point number five. We're going to leave that there. My friends, I pray that this was beneficial to you. So let's review very quickly the five, the five that we did go over. Number one, we need to appreciate the word of God. You can't open the Bible and just treat it like a random book. No, 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 no. Don't do that. You won't receive the benefit that way. Number one, appreciate the teachings of the word of God. Number two, research diligently. Don't just casually go and study diligently. Number three, exert continuous effort. That means daily, every day, set aside time to study your word. Every day, set aside time to open the Bible to look at the truths of scripture, to understand the deep things of God. Number four, does anybody remember number four is? Number four, compare scripture with scripture. Look at the scripture, understand the scripture. Look at all the bearings of it. Don't just look at one passage. You look at one passage, somebody says, oh, uh, this means uh, the Sunday law is tomorrow. No, stop doing that. Stop doing that, my friends. Stop doing that. Take all of Scripture. Take it all. Be intelligent in your approach to the Word of God. And when you see the events approaching, you speak intelligently on how those events are matching prophecy. We're not just getting up in a tizzy. The coronavirus, that means that. No, no, no. Coronavirus is in the first part of Matthew 24. It says it's a pestilence. This is the beginning of sorrows. It's not the end. And we've had viruses before. We've had viruses before. My friends, it's going to get worse. But I'm okay. There's a song that just came to my head, so I have to kind of sing it. You don't have to like it, but it says, With Jesus in the vessel, you can smile at the storm. Smile at the storm. Smile at the storm with Jesus in the vessel. You can smile at the storm as we go sailing by. You guys know that song? Sailing, sailing by. Sailing, sailing by with Jesus in the vessel. You can smile at the storm as we go sailing by. My friends, Compare scripture with scripture. Our trust in Jesus is strengthened as we look up to totality of scripture. Point number five. Point number five. Pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Pray that the angels come and be our instructor. And as we do this, my friends, I promise you, strength will be given. Courage will be given. And we will make it through any crisis. 
that this world presents before us. My friends, thank you so much for spending time with me. Remember, those of you who are watching, who have been watching, and you have not uh, um, signed up in the actual webinar, um, we are going to I'm going to ask you to direct message me your email address, and I'll be happy to send you the link. And those of you who have already signed up, I will send you the, the study guide and the link as well. Uh, my friends, just again, thank you so much for all that you are doing. I only see your files on the screen. You only see my files on the screen. That is not good. All right, my friends, we're going to have to. Oh, also, those of you, um, we've recorded this. So I'm going to repost this. Hopefully, uh, that which is recorded on the screen, I will repost. You can see it yourself. Again, I'm going to re probably rebroadcast this at nine o'clock uh, thereabouts, so you can see it. And then we're going to we're going to have it in uh, what do you call it? Uh, archive it as well. All right. So very well, my friends. Thank you so much. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll let you go. Father in heaven, I want to thank you so much for your love and mercy, uh, for the privilege that we've had to study the Bible. Um, this is our first time doing this this way. And we ask, Lord, that you help us to be more efficient going forward. All the technical glitches be fixed. But I pray that the word that has been spoken find lodging in our hearts, that we may not sin against you, and that we will love to study your word. And we thank you again for this privilege. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, my friends, the next time I'll see you will be a Saturday afternoon, 630. We'll continue our study in this regard and then the regular scheduled program. And I'm going to have guests and other persons on the air here. Let me see if there, it looks like there might be a question. Blessings, my blessings. Blessings on you too. Uh, looks like there was a question. Yeah. Brother Daryl, we're going to fix that next time around, my friend. All right. All right. Blessings, everyone. God bless. Signing off. Hmm. Hmm. Tell us off.